This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, everybody, this is Nick Perry from Nick Perry and the Underground Seas, and you are listening to the Hook Rock Podcast with Jay Scott. Rock on. Good evening, everybody. It is Jay Scott once again. It's a new episode of The Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope everybody is doing well, staying safe and staying healthy, as I always say at the beginning of every episode. Man, we got to conquer this. It's getting out of control. Here in Chicago, COVID is everywhere, and it's not going to stop. There does not seem to be a light at the tunnel at this point, and we all need to do our part. I know it sucks. I know nobody wants to deal with it. The holiday season's coming up, and the last thing we want to do is wear masks and social distance and do this and do that. But, you know, springtime and summertime are going to be here sooner or later. And the quicker we nip this in the bud and we do our part, the quicker we'll be able to enjoy barbecues and outdoor dining. And most of all, most important to me, and I think my next guest too, is concerts, live shows, because I am <laughs> fiending for a live show. And I know social media has kind of taken over with the live streams, and I get it that bands need to make money and support themselves, but everybody knows it's not the same. And, yeah, it may, may provide an intimate feel for you, but, man, I want to get out and rock out. I want to put my fist in the air and enjoy a live show. So let's get to it. Let's fix this and let's carry on and move on and put this behind us. Wear your damn mask. My next guest is from, how do I explain this? Because there's a connection with this, with me being young and having relatives in California. I used to visit California almost every year and I used to love 
listening to KNAC. I had the Frisbee. I had the T-shirt. I had the K or the KNAC Pure Rock cassettes that showcased local bands. Like I think one of them was Angora. Guy Man Dude was on there, and Britain was on there. I remember all these bands that I had never heard of. And I'd like to welcome in our next guest from the Sunshine State. And that is Jordan West, the junk man from KNAC. What's going on, Jordan? How you doing? Hey, good evening, Jay. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining me. And Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, I'd love glad to be here. Love having conversations about new rock and where music is going and what's it all about. And it's just, you know, here we are putting a pause on 2020, but 2021 is upon us very soon and i think rock and roll is going to come out screaming yeah I, you know what i agree totally i mean in spite of you know this being the weirdest year i've ever experienced and everybody else i uh, you know if, if it isn't i want to know what kind of life you're living you know but uh the, the good thing that's come out of this is it's been a great year for rock music. And I'm talking about all kinds of rock music, you know, yeah. metal. Absolutely. The last couple of years have been great for metal music. And then again, with, uh, with KNAC.com and what they do and we do, I should say is, uh, you know, they bring you the newest, the best of that genre. You know, I have a podcast where I cover everything else. It's called junk man radio. And uh, I also write for a um, a classic, quote-unquote, classic rock website called Vintage Rock. So I'm exposed to a lot of different kinds of music, and I really can't think of a year that's been this good in quite a while. You know, And again, with, uh, with rock especially, and, you know, obviously there's, what, 35 different kinds of, at least 35 to 40 different kinds of, of rock, you know, in terms of, uh, genres of rock, you know, um, I guess that guy from Canada or whatever, I don't know whether you're familiar with, uh, with that show that used to be on television where the guy started having a different show with uh, a different kind of rock every show. I, don't know, I forgot the guy's name. No, I'm not familiar but, with that. Uh, no. Yeah. It was, it was a TV show that was on for a while. This guy from Canada, uh, you know, he actually, I think he actually may have even made a movie. But uh, he figured out that there was about 40 different kinds of metal. <laughs> so, you know, you can add all the different kinds of rock, blues rock, you know, jazz rock, uh, classic rock, uh, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. But this year, my point is, this year has been such a great year for all of them in terms of new releases. And it's really exciting. You know, I, plus the yeah, fact that, I agree 100%. You know, yeah, and the fact on top of that is, you know, we've had more time to listen to it. Right, so, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my day, my days of, you know, I've I've been spending a lot more time listening to music than normal outside of the regular job stuff that I do. You know, so um, it's a perfect yeah, it, time it, to really, listen to music. It really is. I mean, I've been saying this a lot well, on yeah, the show. You know, you know, and we got we got lots to get to. We're going to get to all that, but I got to ask you. The question we always ask a first-time guest, and that is the essence okay. of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a band, an album, a song, or a performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? Like, uh, like initially? Yeah. Uh, 
Where, where, where was the spark, Jordan? What happened? Well, I would really have to go back to the Beatles. Um, I, I'm a child of the 60s. And I can still, I have a vision in my head of going with my father when I was living in Long Island, New York, going to the store because I wanted to buy a Beatles record. And what I did was my favorite record back then was just any 45 that the Beatles had put out. Now, we're talking about like around 1965. I think I was four or five years old. Oh, I was four or five years old back then. And we went to the record store, maybe 66. I can't even remember. But the two records that I bought were the Beatles paperback writer and um, psychotic reaction by the count five. (laughs) That's as far as it went. And then, you know, that I was hooked after that. I mean, it was, uh, I was in my bedroom constantly, you know, with a tennis racket pretending to be the guitar, you know, and then, uh, in around fourth grade, I started playing drums because that's what was offered at school. They didn't offer guitar lessons in school, and they had drums. And I've been a drummer for ever since. And uh, of course, Ringo and all the other ones took over after that. And then just my my knowledge, and I just absorbed everything, every style of music you could think of. I got, and that that became my life. You know, so. I would have to say the Beatles to begin with and, you know, different stages of my life. I kept finding more and more bands to say, wow, those guys are amazing. Wow. Those guys are amazing. And there were so many different genres of music that I realized that, wow, I'm, uh, I listen to a lot more than my friends listen to. And, uh, you know, graduated to working into record stores and nightclubs and then into radio, you know? So, you know, I've been very fortunate to be exposed to a lot more music than most people that I know. But yeah, I would definitely have to go back to the to the Beatles first, and then all the British invasion stuff that was taking over in the in the sixties. You know, that was probably the first stuff. I just um, was driving I, with in my with my son in the car, and he uh, had he brought up one of his CDs. I actually got my fifteen year old son in two thousand twenty to like the physical part of music, you know, like have a physical touch of music, which is, I have to say, I'm pretty proud of myself as a parent by doing that. But he he brought in a CD and he put it in my CD player and it was CCR. And Uh he likes new music too. You know, he does. And, but I'm driving, I go, now think about this, man. I go, this song was from the sixties and it's 2020. And you're listening to it as a 15-year-old. I go, that's a mark of a great band, and that's a mark of a great song, the song that stands the test of time. And it's funny that this week that John Fogarty himself just came out with a record with his sons and daughters as a family playing CCR stuff. It's called Fogarty's Factory. I got to check that out. And it's all the songs that were off the the CCR um, Cosmos Factory album. So, yeah. That was the CD that's, he had uh, in the car. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for uh, a coincidence? Right, <laughs> right. No, I mean, but it's just. That came out, that record's coming out, I think, this week. I've actually got a copy of it this week. You know, so. if, he, if he does tour, my son would love to see him. Because even, you know, you know, he's like, oh, man, yeah. he's like, this, whoever plays the guitar is a really good guitar player. I'm like, 
you know, he's not flashy, but yep. he just he just knows how to play it. You know, I'm like, yeah, man, he's playing you the song. I got a chance to see him about three years ago. Um, my buddy James Lomenzo, uh, who you've known from playing in Megadeth and uh, oh, yeah. played in White Lion years ago. James was playing bass, and James has been a friend of mine forever. And he says, look, I'm playing in Vegas, and I know how much you love Kenny Aronoff. Kenny Aronoff is like my favorite live drummer, uh, pretty much. And he says, Kenny's in the band. Come out to Vegas and see John Fogarty. I'm like, you bet. <laughs> so I flew out to, I just drove as fast as I can. Vegas is roughly 260 miles from my front door. And so I drove out there and I saw him out there uh, play at this casino and it was amazing. And he sounds great. He's in his seventies. John Fogarty's in his seventies, put plays all the hits you'd want to hear. It was just a, a great show, you know, and you couldn't beat the rhythm section. I mean, you know, with James and, uh, and Kenny Aronoff. So yeah. yeah, it sounds amazing. yeah. I'm glad your kid likes that, man. That's great. I mean, how old is he? He's, he's 15, 15. Yeah. 15. And he's got, wow. you know, a wide range of musical tastes. I mean, he likes, you know, obviously CCR, Good. like we just mentioned, he loves Van Halen. He loves Zeppelin. And he also loves bands like the, you know, South of Eden and Greta Van right. Fleet and, you know, Tyler Bryant and all these, you know, new right. bands that are out there. So, and he's actually exposed me to some music, you know, which is really cool. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the, what's so cool about being 15 now is you have so many different options on where to listen to new music. And kids today, once they get into it, you know, their quests, they're like anything else. It's like kids that play video games. They can't wait to get to the next level. And with music, you know, and you have all these different options either online or, you know, Spotify's and, you know, all these different ways. With us, it was simply... Whatever you heard on the radio, whatever you saw on Ed Sullivan show on TV or in concert or midnight special or uh, went to the record store and heard, you know, that was basically our choices when I was 15. Um, yeah. He, today, it's just that it, it's, it's incredible. They have such a they can they can listen to anything whenever they want to. Yeah, he um, has exposed me. I mean, just probably about a month ago. He brings this song into the car. He's like, Dad, check these guys out. And it's this band called Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Nick Perry used to be in a band called Silvertide. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that, these guys that are. That was one of the greatest live bands I ever saw. Yeah, I mean, but it was like, yeah, these guys are cool. So it's really nice to have that relationship with him where, you know, I'm telling him about, you know, some bands to listen to listen to that he may like and he's telling me and and it's both you know i'm telling him new bands and classic rock bands and he's telling me new bands as well and you know he makes these playlists and he sends them to me and stuff and it's really cool to see kind of how he's evolving with his musical tastes and what absolutely I re- what i really appreciate about it is he's not putting himself in a box where he only listens to a certain type of rock music Right. And everything else, right. you know, he shuns. He's really open himself. Everything from CCR to Zeppelin to Van Halen to Motley Crue to, you know, Greta Van Fleet, Tyler Brown. He's got a wide scope. And when you think about, because you and I had a conversation last week about the classic rock fan. And we think about that scope we just talked about, you know, for my 15-year-old son. The scope for the atypical classic rock fan is very narrow very narrow 
And, you know, they've got, yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> well, well, no, it's just, it's just like they get comfortable with their classic rock bands right. and well, they yeah, think, yeah. They think you're, everything you're else is shit. Yeah. yeah. They think everything else yeah, exactly. is, yeah, is shit and they won't even give it a chance. Now, maybe at some point they did and what they heard, they didn't like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was third eye blind or whoever it was where they're like, ah, oh, this is not what I'm into, but they re- the, the, the refusal for them to even listen to it is, you know, obviously their decision. But I'm almost turning a corner, too, where I don't really know if new rock needs the classic rock fan, you know, because I think back of my parents, right? I think back to me listening to the music in the 80s, Van Halen, Motley Crue, all these bands. You know, my parents weren't digging that stuff. They were talking about Chuck Berry and the Beatles and, and you right. know Elvis and all that, and they thought my music was horrible. So, going with that in that perspective, I don't know if we should even be trying to convince the classic rock fan anymore. I mean, it's a lot of energy because I know you do it right. It's a lot of energy and it's a right. lot of frustration to just talk to a wall on new music. And there exactly. are you know people that do listen to, it, but just you know. They're comfortable, you know, with what they got. Well, both my parents were teachers, and I've got that in my blood, where I really, I get off on turning people on to new stuff. I do stuff. too, yeah. And it's frustrating, again, when you try to turn somebody off and, uh, onto something new and tell them how great it is and what it really means and why it's something that you think that they would like. And when they just completely turn their, their heads to it and say, no, I'm sorry. I like this and this, and this is too new, and blah blah blah. And it's just—it's a form of laziness. It is. And what happened is, you know, a lot of people just stopped listening to music when they were about thirty-five and forty. Stopped, stopped their passion for it and used it for, you know, either to live vicariously through their kids or through their spouse or both, or you know, with something altogether. And so, you know, a couple of years ago when Greta Van Fleet came along, you saw all these that acted like your like your grandfather used to act you know when you'd play them something you think is just amazing and your grandfather or father even would come and say yeah well that's nothing like the ones that i had when i was a kid oh yeah well listen to this you know (laughs) i still remember hearing the first van halen album for for the first time and going this is incredible but you know i like eric clapton you know this was back when i was you know, what, 16. And I didn't really get into Van Halen until I saw them. I went to see them open up in 1978 for Black Sabbath. And they came on and blew my mind. I'd never seen a rock band with that much energy and that much skill and that much command of an audience before in my life. And when Black Sabbath came on, it was like it could it might as well have been the golden girls marching out there because they were just they had nothing left their the tank was empty so i knew that when something new like that would come along i, I it would have to be pretty great and now when i see these things that really are that great like some of the bands you've mentioned and many more um it just it it makes my blood flow back to even more than when I was young. That's how, that's how exciting it is to me. And unfortunately, 
there's a huge part of the population that's my age that just doesn't have that passion for it anymore. And you really got to kick them in the nuts to get it, to get their attention, you know? Yeah, there's there's a couple things with that. You know, know, Greta Van Fleet is a great example. I'm glad you brought them up because when when they first came out, you know, they blew the doors off everybody with that song Highway Tune. And I remember the reaction from rock fans. I'm like, oh, this is great. They sound like Zeppelin. And there's an obvious Zeppelin influence there. And I went and saw them live at Lincoln Hall in Chicago and it's mm-hmm. probably about mm-hmm. no more than you know a 300 person room and I saw them and they blew uh, me away and there was a very big mix in the crowd everybody from my age or older down to you know 21 you know it was an over 21 show so there wasn't a lot of teenagers there so I saw them I was blown away me and my buddy were blown away and then for whatever reason everybody that built them up started to tear them down and I was like, what, right. what, what the fuck are we doing? Like, like, here's a band. You know, rock fans have been clamoring for a blues-based rock band for years, a new blues-based rock band. And here we have one, and you fall in love with them, and now you're going to shit on them, which yep. I, I, I just was just, I couldn't believe what was going on. And, and it was almost like, you know, all these YouTube clickbait, music reviewers, music critics that don't know shit, you know, would post these titles in their YouTube videos so people would click on it. And it almost became like a contest of who could bag Greta Van Fleet more. And I'm like, what what the fuck are we doing? And you know, and then you've got a band like Rival Sons. You know, and this is this is a perfect example of the frustration I have with classic rock fans. Okay. Rival Sons has been around for ten to twelve years. Okay, I think 2008 was their first album or EP. I could be wrong, but it's around that time. I have people come up to me today and have mentioned this on the show, that, that every probably one, at least once a month, I have someone say, dude, did you? my favorite new band is Rival Sons. Did you guys, you, I can't believe this band. I'm like, you know they've been around for over a decade. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. and they're like. And Jay the Singer has been playing in bar bands around where I live. A lot longer than that. Yeah, he's yeah. He's a local legend. Yeah, yeah and, and and it's like it's like your refusal to listen to new music robbed you of listening to this band for the last 10-plus years. Do you realize that? You know, because you think everything right. sucks, you think everything's bad, and then all of a sudden you hear Rival Sons, and you're like, wow, these guys are really good. How, how come I haven't heard of them before? Keep asking that question and say it out loud when you say it. Why haven't I heard of this band before? Because you don't a want couple to of listen. Reasons why. I, you know? I, I can tell you a couple of reasons why. Most most markets don't have rock video stations anymore, simply because the demographic is just not there anymore. This is why KNAC went off the off the airwaves and onto the internet. They were the they're now they were the pioneers of online radio. The, the listenership has the demographics in most cities have changed away from rock. And so the people that are, you know, in their fifties and for, late forties and even their sixties and things like that, the classic rock age people, the baby boomers, so to speak, a lot of them lost their passion for it simply because it was too hard for them to find anything that kept them interesting, uh, interested or, Again, 
their thoughts went to other things and they kind of gave up and their mind was made up about what was good and everything else after that is going to suck. And it's just unfortunate because they're missing out on so much good stuff. Now there's good points about this, <laughs> better seats for the rest of us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that know about these things. We go to a show. <laughs> I don't care if the 60 year old grumbly guy is not at the show. He's missing out. I don't care. I'll get to see him a lot closer, which, you know, I, uh, I go to a lot of concerts as a as a representative to interview bands and to photograph bands. I've been doing this for years. And uh, it's funny that we were talking about Greta Van Fleet because the first time I saw them was at a festival in Kentucky called the Louder Than Life Festival, which they have every year in Louisville. And the first two songs that I saw them, I thought they were girls. <laughs> I honestly did. By the way that the singer was dressed, I thought he was a girl. And I didn't really look around. I saw, you know, I didn't realize the other two were his brothers. And they were singing in this high range. And I went, wow, these girls are really good. My buddy's like, uh, you know, they're, they're guys, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> and they hit, they hit that, that high note. And, you know, the band kicked into, I believe it probably was Highway Song that I said, you know what? This is the one that's got me. But uh, I've seen them a few times since, and uh, yeah, well, it's a great band. But I use them as an example simply because a lot of these old grumbly guys that stop listening to them, when you bring up that that band's name, immediately they start ragging on them, like you said, and it's totally unjust. It's simply because I think that they subconsciously know that they're more than what they're made out to be you know they're not a zeppelin copy band like you know what was that band back in the 80s kingdom, kingdom come. come yeah we used to call them kingdom clone yeah <laughs> but, you know i just think they realize that there's a lot more to this band and they don't want to kind of go back on their initial thoughts you know it's like watching a new baseball player break all the records you know there's all these guys that uh you know they're kind of their baseball team i mean you're from chicago you got all your cubs fans there that are so loyal to old school cub you know that were there and when somebody new comes along and breaks some records they don't always accept them at first right you know they're always like he's good but he was never as good as ferguson jenkins you know he's a good pitcher but he's never as good you know Kerry wood dropped out 20 guys in one game. This guy, what, 16? Uh, you know, it's that kind of attitude. And it's really heartbreaking to, to listen to and watch simply and frustrating because you know that these people have heard this. They just stopped listening. Do you think it so. has anything to do with the fact that everyone is a critic now? Everybody has the ability to comment well, yeah. on something yeah. Everybody yeah. has. Yeah, everybody you know, thinks they know everything. Right. And it's like they they immediately want to tear something down. Like, you know, I, I had to stop reading the comments on newspaper articles when I'm online because it's yeah. like it's like the end of the world. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> no one can just read something or even when I'm on my Twitter feed and I do a poll and someone, you know, I, I do a poll between two songs and lo and behold, there's someone that doesn't like, you know, either one of the songs and they have to put, they both suck 
What happened to? Well, you're just you're asking for it when you start a poll like that. Right, but, like, but, but what I'm you know, saying though like, is like, what happened to just you know? I don't like either, but I don't need to fucking comment on it. I'm just going to keep walking. What happened to those days, right. Jordan? What happened to those days? I, I got you know what? It's interesting. It's just some people just cannot do that. They have to. They have to put down what they don't understand. And we saw this in, you know, obviously you're seeing this in politics and the way the division is in the United States right now, you know, and it's not to get into that, but it's just, you could see how some people don't have their facts and just have not opened their ears or their eyes for that matter to a lot of different things. And it's, it's very unfortunate, you know, I consider myself very fortunate because I will listen to anything. I've heard bad stuff. I've heard good stuff. You know, if something I don't particularly care for, I'm not a big fan of, I will say, you know what? I'm not a fan of this, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are. Prime example would be a band like Smashing Pumpkins. They're from Chicago. Yeah. Nice guys. I've met Billy Corgan a couple of times. Um, I just, the music just doesn't speak to me. You know, I've listened to a lot and I've heard people tell me about them. You know, and I've I've actually seen them live. A few other things. It's just it's a band that just doesn't do anything for me. But there's other people that think they're just geniuses. You know, I know people that have worked with them. Actually, uh, my friend Cherie Curry um, just came out with a great record this year, which he recorded ten years ago with, and he did one of the songs on it. Actually, I believe he did. He wrote the title track, and it's a great song, but it's not my favorite one on the record, and it has really nothing to do with him it's just i like all the other songs better you know i can appreciate the song and i appreciate some of the stuff that smashing pumpkins have done it's just it's not my particular cup of tea so to speak you know but i'm not going to say they suck <laughs> you what, know? what do you think is the biggest hurdle for new rock music well it's interesting um i it's funny you should mention that because just this afternoon I got asked that same question from uh, my future cousin. Uh, he's in a band out of Idaho and um, they've got a record that they've put out and it's not getting latched onto. I mean, people love that band. People love their band. They just got booked on a festival in Ohio after I tried to get him on uh, a couple of the other big rock festivals that are being booked and they just said to quote we need more of a story from this band meaning what are you what are you looking for I mean, what do you want you want a hook funny you should have that as the name of your show do you need more lyrical content what is it that you're looking for and there's really not one answer it really depends on the band and this is what I told him today he sent me a song and I said, I think, you know, it started out with uh, with just a singer um, singing a thing with no backing part until the band kicked in. And I said, you know what? I think as a listener, I want to hear music from the get-go. You know, I think, uh, you know, unless you're Bohemian Rhapsody, I think there's, there's which it's not, uh, I really need an instrumental countian or, you know, like a, started out with a drum beat or a guitar or a guitar riff or a bass line, something, not just a voice. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I, 
it's funny. I just happened to be speaking to him today about this very subject. Well, what was your answer? What, you know, if he asked you what the biggest hurdle was. I you... said I liked the second song. That, he sent me two songs, and I liked the second one. And my answer was the second one had a hook, and it started with a, with a great instrumental track. As opposed to just the guy's voice, which you know. But new music as a different. whole. But new music as a whole. Like, what's the biggest hurdle for new music? You know, to get to get out. Well, there? Of course, again, uh, you got to go by numbers for one thing. Uh, there, there are no record companies anymore. You just got to get noticed, and it's all become hits on YouTube or hits on their Instagram page, or you know, somebody's getting on a, on the right festival, getting on the right being the right opening act. I mean, look what happened with Van Halen in 78, you know? Somebody had the genius to book them for Black Sabbath, who was kind of going by the wayside, and they completely blew them away, and everybody wanted to have Van Halen, you know? Not saying that everybody's Van Halen, but, I mean, you look at some of these opening acts, and you got to have something. you got to have a song, or you got to have the right instrumental. Not necessarily the right look anymore. It's not all about that. There was a time when that's all you needed. When you go back to like the hair band days of the 80s, and I saw that right here. I was right in the thick of that. Um, that's all you had to do was you had to have a look. And then everybody had that same look. And that they realized that the music was shit. So, um, I don't know. It, it, there's no one thing is what I'm, what I'm trying to say, Jay. This is... Uh, there's a lot of different aspects that go into it, but it's a very exciting time because you never know what's going to hit, you know? Well, and it, that's the beauty about the music scene. You know, any time there's been a resurgence in rock music, it's always been the youth that drives that resurgence. I mean, you talk about you sure. know, music in the 60s and the 70s. You talk about music in the 80s, you know, with every young kid in middle school or high school you know, latching on to the, you know, bands from the Sunset Strip or, you know, bands like Def right. Leppard or Scorpions or whatever. And right. the last time there really was a resurgence with, with the youth was really the grunge movement, you know, that came after, you know, the 80s glam scene. Yeah, because they, they realized that all these guys looked like assholes, you know? Well, and they, they weren't even listening to the music anymore. It was all power ballads. and Right, right. You know, yeah, it became guys. very cookie cutter, you know? But... So now yeah. we have all these great new bands. I mean, we talked about Greta Van Fleet. And Rival Sons, even though they're not new, a lot of people categorize them as new. We talk about, right. you know, the Struts and South of Eden and Joyous Wolf and Dirty Honey. Yep. And there's a huge scene yep. over in the U.K. And, there, and a lot of bands from Europe. Why is it taking yeah, so long? Yeah, there's a great Southern Rock. There's, yeah. There's a great Southern Rock revival, too, why, which is awesome. Why is it, though, that it's having trouble connecting with the youth of today in terms of not to say that you know young people aren't listening to rock music but compared to other decades and other generations why is it because kids have so much pulling them in different directions is it because rock and roll is kind of late in the game on technology and innovation on getting their music out to younger people what do you think that is well a lot of it's got to do with the with the lack of music programs in public schools you know well, you're the second people person the second person that's mentioned that on my show in the last month. Well, it's true. It's, yeah. And it's been that way for years, unfortunately. I mean, you know, I, I donate every year to a thing called the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. And it's a, it's a, 
it's a charity that that gives musical instruments to public school music programs of which you know 80 percent of public schools don't have a music program anymore because it's not the budget and uh i don't know whether you're familiar about the movie or not but yeah. it was this great movie uh, starring richard Dreyfus, where he's a music teacher and at the end of, he was a beloved music teacher and at the end of the movie the budget cuts take care of the music program and you know breaks his heart and whatever but he everybody appreciates him now the guy that that movie was a gentleman by the name of Michael Kamen and Michael was a conductor the symphony orchestra he ended up being uh, the he did a lot of film scores and he was also the conductor for Metallica's symphonic album he worked with them and uh, he started this foundation called the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation which was the name of the movie obviously and again that's what they did and Michael died uh, a number of years ago unfortunately and one of the biggest contributors the last couple of years was one Edward Van Halen, who, who uh, donated a couple of hundred of his guitars to the program, as well as money. And, you know, there's a lot of other famous people that do that as well. But uh, I just it's something that I, I think it's a big contributing factor to, uh, to, the, to kids these days that it's a proven fact that if you have a musical instrument, you will be a better student. If you are studying with a music program, it's a proven fact. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and you can't tell me any differently about that. Um, it's, it's something that, that, that not only gets you listening, but also it's a creative outlet. And there's so many kids that are staring into a computer screen these days, you know, especially now during the lockdown. You know, where the only thing they can do is use a computer screen. They're not they're not tuned into, literally tuned into, you know, making music with an instrument outside of a computer. So I think again, to answer your question before I go off on yet another tangent. <laughs> no, I it's, think a, it's lack a, of music. Yeah, program, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, that, it's a big fact. I I mean that as a as a as a you know. And I, you know, a compliment that up until a month ago, and I've asked this question to a lot of people, you know, right. no one brought that up and you're the second person in a month to bring that up. And, you know, when you think yeah. about it and you, and you take a step back and, you know, we can talk about all the benefits that learning an instrument can, can do in terms of deductive reasoning and math skills and all that stuff. But also if you don't play a instrument like I never did, um, but I took music appreciation. I've been a drummer. I've been a drummer for close to fifty years, Jay. Just, yeah. just to throw that out there, but and it's no, been therapy for me. Yeah, but but I mean, I went to Catholic school and I had music appreciation every year, and right. it affected how I listen to music and how I absorb it. Right, and I right. think I think your point is well taken. That you know, even though if you don't play an instrument or not, the fact that you're learning about music you know, makes you appreciate, first of all, all genres of music, but it also piques your interest, right? You know, I mean, you know, there's something right. to be said about the decline in music in music classes and schools with the rise in video game usage with among young people, right? I mean, yeah. we always kids talk have, about... Kids don't have an attention span. Well, yeah, and we always talk about how, you know, is there ever going to be another guitar hero or is the age of the guitar hero 
it gone. And the reason why we say that is because the lack of practice and the lack of dedication a kid has to master their instrument. And right. It takes a lot of effort, and a lot of kids right. are just are getting lazy and heavy and not doing that. And, you know, they all want to be a football player or a basketball player, yet, you know, every day or every couple of years, every year you read about some kid that's 300 pounds that dies on a football field who should be inside of an air-conditioned room playing a cello instead. Right. You know, right. yeah. <laughs> well, it's also too. Kids it's want that. everything instantaneous, right? They want. They're exactly. so used. Like to, I said, that's they're, yeah, they're they're so used to getting everything at their fingertips that yep. you know when when there's a little bit of hard work involved, they back off, right? You know, and yep. and and yep. and it's not. You know, we want to call them. What's the generation we call them now? Um, God, I can't. I can't think of the name. But you know, everybody talks. Generation. About, Duh. Yeah, but but really, I mean, it's our fault, right? It's our fault. I mean, it, it's the generation that came prior to, you know, demanding that school districts have music classes and music, you know, you know, appreciation type stuff. We stopped doing that. You know, we kind of got, you know, kind of brain dead ourselves and kind of over, you know, it's almost like now, you know, we micromanage children where yep. they have a set schedule. They go here on this day. They yep. go here on this day. They do this at this time. They do this next after that. Yep. When is the kid going to have a chance to just be a kid and just go in his room, put his headphones on, and listen to tunes, and that's his babysitter for the next three hours? You know? Well, it's, it's unfortunate. It's not. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that are just not watching what the kid is doing with his, with his time. You know? Um, it's interesting, though, that this is also an age where you're seeing the kid that discovers music on his own and the parents that support it. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, of uh, prodigies these days. I see lots of them every day um, that somebody will expose like some three-year-old kid that's playing drums like a, like, you know, Buddy Rich, you know, yeah, yeah. or a guitar player from Japan or something that's four years old that's playing, you know, Van Halen riffs, you know, and you see these things and it's just, it's so nice. It's you know, and I've got friends with kids that play like that too, and they they do have these school of rock places, and there's places to go. But really, it's up to the parents to be able to have to take charge of that. It's not forced on them, like piano lessons and you know instrument lessons when we were kids were basically part of the curriculum. You know, it's just not anymore. So you really have to have a parent take charge of that. And a lot of these kids just don't have that. You know, there's a lot of single parent families, and they just don't have time to to look out for these kids and where they're going. You know, and what their interests are going to be. You know, they just would rather stick them in front of a computer and see what happens. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's not all about just the kids' attention span. It's also got a lot to do with the parents. Well, the so, parents use a lot yeah. of things to kind of babysit their kids, like video games, put yeah. them in front of but the so video that's games. That's exactly and, what yeah, I was yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah With us, there was always that parent that just sat the kids in front of the TV and let that happen, you know? Yeah. Well, whenever that happened to me, I would just, I would start imitating everything that was on the TV. It used <laughs> to drive my brother and sister crazy. Well, I did a, I had a job doing voiceovers for a while. <laughs> I could do different voices that I learned when I was a kid. Yeah. I still do them. 
But it, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's just a, I know, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with us because they're like, oh, you know, that comes at home. Music appreciation comes at home. And, you know, to those people that say that, right, like you just mentioned, there's a lot right. of single parents out there that don't have the opportunity or the ability to do that because they're working two jobs and they're doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we have to, we have to realize that, you know, raising a kid, a lot of it does come from the home, but it comes from the community. And when your community doesn't allow that kid to experience things like a musical instrument or listening to classical music or getting into this or getting into that, the the community loses, right? Because, you know, yeah. we're, we're just kind of developing kids, you know, we're not really, I, I tell my son all the time, if you can carry a conversation when you're in your 20s and 30s, you'll always have a job. You will always have a job. Sure. Because kids today don't know how yeah. to talk to each other. And I think, in fact, my well, prediction in 10 years. Well, there's a lack of interpersonal communication. Right. Yeah. In, in 10 years, there's going to be conversation classes. How to talk to people. How to introduce yourself. <laughs> because it's like some of these kids that I see are like, what's 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 going on with you? Like, what, you, you don't talk to anybody? <laughs> like, what's the matter with you? You know? And it's. Well, it's like a lot of those. It's like a lot of those emo bands that were going on in the nineties. You know, they're talking to their shoes. Right. They're looking down. They're not looking at their audience. You know, and that's always something that I notice right away when it comes to a band. This band is either going to be interesting and entertaining, or they're going to be looking at their shoes and singing about how how awful everything is. And there's you know a certain point of the population that that's going to work for them, but. You know, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more, uh, open to conversation. And that's what the, the worst part about this COVID thing is, is that I think it's, you know, we're into almost a year of this where people are not able to be around other people, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, it's awful. Yeah, no, I, I, you know? I agree, you know, um, you know, you mentioned something here too at the beginning of the show about a perfect time to listen to music. You know, perfect yeah, time to get your yeah. kid off of the I computer. Think so. Yeah. What I think so. I mean, I've got different avenues where I can do it. I mean, I'm a musician. My girlfriend's a musician. Uh, you know, I have thousands of, of music to listen to that I can play in my backyard when I'm working on something. I'm, you know, obviously I. I'm lucky I live in Southern California and the weather's a little bit more conducive to playing stuff outside in November <laughs> than it would be like say where you are, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, you, you got to make an effort, you know, you really have to make an effort. And that's what a lot of people are unwilling to do is to, is to make the effort to look into something new, look forward as opposed to looking back. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can only go so far with some people. Yeah, I I do think that rock and roll is poised for a resurgence. I thought it was going to happen in 2020, and obviously everything had to be put on pause. But I do think 2021 is going to be a big year. I do think that there's a lot of music being created. I think there's going to be some big albums that are coming out. And even as, you know, we talked at the beginning of the show, I agree with you 100%. 2020 has been a great year for new music, a fantastic year. And I think oh, yeah. it's been building, 
if you look at probably, I would say since 2015, 16, it's slowly been building. You know, it's like that chart where you see an increase every year and, you know, you keep going up and up. And I think, you know, I think there would have been more of an increase this year. I think some albums kind of got put on hold or kind of delayed because of well, what's yeah. going on. But it's nevertheless, well, dude, I mean, there's some the great tunes. Did you get, did you get, did you get to listen to the, uh, the Wolfgang Van Halen interview with Howard Stern? Absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. All right. The second song that he played, holy moly. Holy that shit. Song, yeah. That one sounded even better than the ballad. Obviously the ballad, everybody's going to love and It's got, you know, all the video of him with his dad and everything like that. I thought that was beautiful. But the second song that he played was the one that blew my mind. It really got me looking forward to this record. Mm-hmm. Now, here we go. This goes back to what we were talking about before. Here's the next generation of Van Halen coming out. You know? And this, the song that I heard, immediately I thought of a band that I was turned on for the first time a couple of years ago, uh, a band out of Akron, Ohio, called Red Sun Rising. They sounded, he sounded to me, Wolfgang's second song that he played, it sounded to me like Red Sun Rising with a huge bass line on it. And uh, a lot of other people say, well, it sounds like Tool. And a lot of people say, yeah, you know, it's got that same, you know, Maynard kind of vocals on it. Or it sounds like, uh, they said it sounds like um, Mark Tremonti, who's a friend of his. And they're throwing all these references in there. I'm like, yeah, of course it does. Yeah, it's not going to sound like, like Van Halen. He plays a guitar solo and people were comparing it to his dad. And just, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's strange to me how other people have to assimilate it to something right you know right. you can't just say wow this is a great record but they have to compare it to something else now obviously i did it too it's simply because the vocals sounded very similar to the vocalist from uh from red sun rising yeah but, no uh, it's, it's um i really look I, look I look forward to it it's interesting because i I've seen it right with my own son and his friends where, and I've mentioned this probably at least a half dozen times on, on different episodes. The movie, the dirt by Motley Crue was huge mm-hmm. in terms of grabbing the young people. It's almost like I compare it to yeah, well, the fast times at Ridgemont high of their generation. And yeah. you know, when I, t- when I talked to my son and his friends, have you seen the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they all love Motley Crue. They love Motley Crue. And, 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 there was an article in Forbes magazine about the demographic that was buying the merchandise for Motley Crue prior to the dirt. And it was like 30 or 35 and over after that movie, almost overnight, right. it was 30 and under. And, oh, yeah. you know, and then, and, and now you, you had to postpone that tour. And I think a couple things here at the end of 2020 are really grabbing that resurgence of rock. I think the new ACDC album, is just blowing yep. up, and I think you know people being cooped up for almost a year here ACDC, and they're like, "Oh, this is so awesome! I love this music." And like you just mentioned, Wolfgang Van Halen, his new music, the connection with Van Halen, the newer kids, the newer fans. Because let's face it, if if you're a kid, you have heard of Eddie Van Halen over the last month because of his passing, and I right. I guarantee you. Because the music was so great, as we mentioned CCR in the beginning, staying the test of time. If you're a young 15, 16-year-old kid and you hear Eddie Van Halen died and he, and he passed on, 
and you're like, who's this Eddie Van Halen? And you go on social media and you start clicking on these videos, you're blown away. I don't care if you're in 2020 yep. or you're 1980. You are blown away because no one plays like that, you know, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. So I think all this is, you know, out of something bad, something good always happens, right? And out of this pandemic, I think I think rock and roll is, I mean, rock and roll needs that angst and anger to survive, right? It needs that being of pissed off. And if you're a kid yep. and you haven't been able to see your buddies that much over the past nine months – and you haven't really been able to have any fun because you've been in your room doing e-learning and playing video games. It's it's a recipe for success for rock music and new bands that are coming up. Well, I get refreshed by all the Zoom product that's been coming out and people collaborating via oh, Zoom. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. wonderful. There's bands that have been established that are getting together with other bands simply because now they have the time to do that. Whenever, you know... I've heard bands that always wanted to hook up with another band. They're saying, but they're touring and they've got this and that. Now they have the time to do it. And there's been some great collaborations, man. There's been yeah. some really, really great things via Zoom. And people put it out. I think it's awesome, you know, um, from every genre, too. I mean, a lot of metal stuff, because a lot of the metal guys, that's all they do is tour. But I see a lot of the classic guys getting together. I mean, there was a great thing where the Doobie Brothers and Peter Frampton got together and did a great version of the Clapton song just recently, uh, Let It Rain. They did a great collaboration together. And Peter Frampton is basically retiring. He's got some kind of disease where he's not going to be able to tour anymore, you know? And it was refreshing to see something like that, you know? Um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that are going on where people are getting together and making the most of this situation. It's very refreshing. And the fact is, a lot of these guys haven't been seen around for a while. So it's, uh, it's really cool to see. I mean, you know, I can, I've got lists and lists and lists of music that, for the end of, uh, end of the year that I've been writing down on some of my favorite stuff. Now, I've got three different lists to do. I've got to do my top 10 from knac.com, which is all the metal stuff. I do a top 10 for um, my junk band radio show, which encompasses just basically everything else on top of that. And I did a top 10 on just the records that I just, I really liked. It didn't have a format or anything like that. So I've been writing down all these titles and they're very, very, very diverse. And uh, except for obviously the KMC one, it's all metal. But uh, I just love all the things that have been coming around about this year. And again, older bands, newer bands, it really doesn't matter. There's just been such great music coming out. And uh, again, the collaborations on top of that. I mentioned my friend Cherie Curry earlier. Um, she recorded this album, Boulevards of Splendor, 10 years ago. And it got held up by the record company and was released this year. And it's one of the best records I've heard all year. I mean, is that the one with Matt Sorman? With... Yeah, Matt Sorman produced yeah. it and yeah. plays on it. And she's collaborated with uh, Slash and Duff from Guns N' Roses are on it. Billy Corgan is on it, as I mentioned. Um, um, Nick Gilder, remember from Hot Child in the City? Yeah. She does one of his songs and he's on there. She's got uh, Brody Dale from... Uh, she's got... Um, a lot of these other people are, are collaborating with her on it. Um, and it's awesome. 
and the record she put out last year with Bree Darling, from uh, who was the drummer for their first all female big time rock band uh, called Fanny. They were a they were a huge rock band in the seventies. It was all girls, and they they put out a couple albums, but uh, she hooked up with uh, with Bree Darling, who was the drummer of that band, and they put out a great record together. And uh, it was it was mostly cover stuff, but there were obscure covers. And it was a great, it was, it was really, really well done. So, you know, I mean, you know, I'm looking at my list right now, of some of the great music that's come out. I mean, there's Cherie's album, there's X, the band X, who, uh, you know, they were kind of in the punk scene, but they weren't really a punk band. I never thought they were anyway. I, you know, when I moved to California in 1982, I first became aware of them and they were just more like a rock, like a roots rock band as far as I was concerned. But, out of nowhere, they came out with this great record called Alphabet Land this year. And it was like they never, it's like it sounded exactly like what they would have done in 19, say, 1986, you know? And uh, so that was a terrific record. The Pretenders came out with a great record this year. It was awesome. What are some um, new bands that you are into? You know what? I love this band, Havoc. Have you, seen, have you heard of Havoc? They've, they've put out a couple albums, actually. No, Havoc, I really, really like a lot. They're 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 kind of like a young version of Megadeth when Megadeth was really at their peak, and uh, I really I really like what they do. Um, man, um, you mentioned a lot of the ones that I was listening to. My good friends from from Columbus, Ohio, south of Eden. Man, it's just they're such a great band. Yeah. Uh, there's another southern rock band that reminds me of early Leonard Skinnerd. They sound like the first two Leonard Skinner records. It's a band called uh, Georgia Thunderbolts. Love those guys. They're, yeah, great band. And uh, they've got that old Southern rock vibe that, you know, I was totally into when I was in high school. You know, when I was in high school, I was, you know, British bands and Leonard Skinner. <laughs> that was what I was listening to when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. You know, it was all British, British metal bands like, uh, you know the early ones like uh, like Deep Purple and uh, stuff like that, Sabbath and things like that. And, yeah, and then I like progressive rock, like Yes and stuff like that. But you know, have you heard Harry Band? Have you heard of of Limbo from Long Beach? No, no, no. Tell me about them. They are from Long Beach. Uh, had them on the show. Probably, gosh, it's been. It's so hard to, to gauge time. I would probably say at least a year, almost a year ago, they were on the show to do the new music spotlight. But they're, they got a great relationship with Joyous Wolf because Joyous Wolf is from Long Beach as well. Right. And if I had to kind of kind of mix the sound or, or tell you what to expect from them, I would say Alice in Chains with the Van Halen Party. I'm all about it. Yeah, so they're really good. There's well, so many new bands. Yeah, I will research. Um, I mean, um, as, as far as like European bands, you know, Thunder, Mon- Thunder Mother from Sweden, which is an all-female band, Massive Wagons from the yep. UK, Those Damn Crows from the UK, uh, Rocket Dolls, um, Takeaway Thieves, gosh, you know, from Greece, this great band called 1000 Mods, which is just unbelievable. I have heard that. From Vancouver, you got to check out like Lachinga, which is just an awesome band. Uh, Christian Shields from Austin, in Texas. Which style? What's that? 
In what style is Lachinga? They're like a Zeppelin ACDC. Okay. Well, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great new bands out there that are yeah. just, you know, just, just waiting, just waiting to come out and just kick some ass. I had a, a conversation that's going to air a day after we do this. So it's going to already air by the time this episode airs um, with the, with the guitar player from goodbye June. And he was saying that all their stuff got canceled. Their tour, you know, to Germany got, got shelved because of COVID. So he was sitting, you know, in his house and he decided to listen to highway to hell. And he just started listening to it over and over and over again and he's so excited about their new music because the producer got on board and they recorded it with no effects, no nothing, just like ACDC did, you know. And sure. you know, I, he he was telling me the story. He goes in the studio and the producer takes away his you know his pedals and all the stuff. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "No, no, no, we're doing it like Angus did it. Just plug in and play." And, uh, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the dirty hunting stuff. I, I, I spoke with Mark, the singer and he said, he goes, we've got music for at least three records, but it's just, you know, we were going to go over to Australia and record it. And we had to go re do all our plans. And now we're, you know, they were recording at least the last time I spoke with them a couple of weeks ago was they, they were recording here and then going via zoom to uh, to their producer in yeah. Australia, which is amazing to me that you can do that these days and come on with a new record that way, you know, via the internet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a band right there that's got a great future, man. I mean, they they completely blew my mind in every way. They they did everything right. They, um, they don't still have a record deal, right? EP. They, they didn't have a record deal. Now they do. They do. I'm not sure okay. who it's with. Okay. All right. They do apparently now. Yeah. They've got. They've got because they have spent this break recording, so somebody's funding it. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I haven't really looked into that part of it, but uh, I saw them. That was one of the last concerts I went to before the before the. Uh, I've seen them five times, and that was the last one of the last ones I saw. I think it was the night before. Um, I saw the struts, which were, is in, was on February 29th. It's the last concert I went to, but uh, yeah, I saw Dirty Honey in in Los Angeles, and the place was packed. And the guys, I mean, they're one of those bands that sound like they do on the record, you know. And they're nice guys. Afterwards, yeah. there's no rock star attitude, none of this stuff. They're just great people, and they're passionate about it. And they put on a quality show. They don't hit any bad notes. They know their parts. And it's just, it's refreshing to see somebody that young that just gets it. So, yeah. I'm very excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had Mark on the show too, as well, man. Great guy, um, great dude, yep. and great story. And yep. um, just a guy that you're rooting for, a band that you're rooting for, you know, to, to, to yeah. keep on building what, they're, what, they're, what they've started. Um, I think yeah, they're, you know, every big track things. that I've heard, every track that I've heard them sing, uh, play, I've loved as much as the one before it. So there's not a lot of people that can do that. You know, but every song they come out with is great as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, but, a, it's, uh, it's very promising with new music that's coming out right now. Um, and it's mm-hmm. going to continue. I know Tuck Smith 
who used to be in a band called Biters, is got you know his own band, Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts, that was going to be the opener mm-hmm. for the Motley Crue Def Leppard tour, and he had to postpone his record. And I'm looking forward to that because I used to love his old band, Biters, which was just awesome. See now, how's that, man? You know, you got this great new band opening up for these two bands that should have retired a long time ago, or actually did. One of them did. <laughs> well, you know, Probably I mean, if, if people still want to go see him, you know, no. they, they should be touring. You know, I just, I just, I just don't see it. You know, for me, I mean, uh, I was never really a big Motley Crue fan. Here's the, here's the kind of Motley Crue fan. I think the best record they ever wrote was their last one. I really liked Saints of Los Angeles. I thought the songs on it were the best songs they ever wrote. The rest of it, to me, was just like I never was into it. And you know, Def Leppard. Yeah, they're a good band. They got they got cool songs. I really like what they do on their side project even better though. I love um Joe Elliott's side band, uh the Down and Outs. I think that's terrific. Mm-hmm. I love um I loved um Phil Collins and his side bands, both of them. He had a he had a blues band and he had another one that's uh, like a punk band that he had um what's his name? Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols in. And I love the stuff that they do. But, you know, as far as just trotting out there again and singing those same old songs, I mean, I can only take so much of that stuff, you know? And Bobby Crew, geez, what a ripoff they're doing for their fans. I mean, they charge all that money for all those shows that they said, this is the last time you'll ever see us. We hired a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, oh, we're coming back again. <laughs> like what Ozzy does, you know, or Kiss does every time, you know? Yeah, and but Bobby Crew. I've had it. Motley Crue is not touring or doing this tour if the dirt bombs, right? So, you know, I mentioned that that article in Forbes magazine about the demographic. They know that, you know, all these young kids are going to come see them. And guess what? All those young kids are going to be buying Motley Crue crap for the next 10, 20 years. And, and, you know, so I I can't blame them for for doing that, you know? I mean, it's just, it's a smart business decision. Sure it is. It's like baseball merchandising. Yeah, it is. You know, once you <laughs> get them, all about. when you get them when they're when they're young, they're going to be lifelong fans, and you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see Motley Crue do this tour again, and then you're going to see ACDC touring again. Um, you know, and they're going to crisscross the world, you know, two three times over. So, you know, but I think all that's good. For the future of rock and creating new rock fans, you know, when these young kids are going to see Motley Crue and these well, young they kids, have to, you know, yeah, they have to, they have to, they can't keep trotting these old guys out there and trying to recreate the magic they had thirty years ago. There's very few bands that can really do that, you know. And when you look at it, especially when it comes to the heavier the rock, there really, really is hard for bands to do that. To recreate it, and I think they're ripping off the public right now by trying to do that. You know, um, I, I won't go see a Motley Crue show. I won't do it. I just I can't do it. Um, I've seen a billion bands that really should have hung it up a long time ago and passed the torch, kind of like what they do in baseball. You know, you get to a certain age, you can't really run the second base anymore. Maybe it's time to give it up. You know. I don't want to go into any names, but there's a whole lot of them right now that, you know, down tuning your guitar so you can hit a certain note that's nowhere close to the original note. I don't want to see that live. 
I'd rather see a young band, like, you know, again, that has that energy, that has that feel, that has new songs to get excited about, you know, that has, you know, a drummer that can do things that you've never seen before, or a guitar player that's got skills and vocal ability and stage presence, you know? I don't want to watch some old guy just kind of trotting around like Ozzy, you know? Even Ozzy doesn't want to do that anymore. You can tell. He just, he can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's unfortunate that, that that these are the bands that are commanding the most money and getting, selling out the biggest shows and have the most, the most, um, you know, awareness. And it's sad, but when they do have a really young band that comes in and blows my mind or blows that band away, as far as I'm concerned, um, I love that. (laughs) The first two bands that I saw, I saw Van Halen um, on that first comeback tour that they did where Eddie was just hammered the whole show. I love Van Halen very much. And, you know, they did what they did. But the two opening acts that I saw, one of them was Silvertide. Silvertide is one of the greatest live bands I've seen in the last 20 years. Um, you mentioned that, you know, Nick Perry and um, the, the Thieves, which is his new band, which also includes my friend Brian Weaver, who was the bass player for Silvertide. They're on this. Another band was Shinedown. Mm-hmm. Shinedown was the opener for the last time I saw that tour um, in Anaheim. And um, that was, I think, when they're right when their second album came out, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot what year it was. But uh, China, these, these who are now have more number one records on rock radio than any other band in history. <laughs> and to go another step further is, since we don't have rock radio in Los Angeles here, I've been to Shinedown shows and taken friends of mine who had never heard of them before, which really blows my mind. You know, the fact that that band could sell out everywhere, yet there's so many people either my age or younger that have no idea who that band is. And they have more number one records on rock radio than any other band in history. You know? You know, people want to kind of deny the importance of rock radio, but as you've mentioned a couple times in this conversation, it is important. It's still important. It's not the it's it's not the driving force it once was, but it is it is still important. And you know, when you don't have when you go to a like I was in Colorado last October, and for my one of my you know for my son's hockey tournament, and uh, I got in uh, the car. And I started, you know, trying to find a radio station. I found a rock radio station. It was a classic rock station. So I was there from Thursday night until Sunday night. And I heard Black and Black on this radio station at least a dozen times over a four-day period. Sometimes, you know, multiple times each day. And, you know, when you're when you're listening to the same 50 songs or you're exposed to the same 50 songs over yep. and over again... We that we this is why we have the current situation is because, you know you, you know I mean that's why everybody loves the popular songs by ACDC. No one's allowed to play a deep cut on the radio anymore. No one's allowed to, yep. you know, and it, and it just takes away that that wonder and that curiosity that you know a young kid for some people. Yeah, for yeah. some people, that's why where we what we do comes in web radio. 
comes in and, um, you know, podcasts come in and XM satellite or Sirius XM comes in, things like that. But the trouble is that there's so many people in the population that don't pay any attention to those things or either unaware or they just have never done it before. They, they're just such creatures of habit. To them, listening to music, you turn on your radio, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, <laughs> to uh, me, that's the last thing I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never turn on the radio living in Los Angeles anymore. I haven't for years. You know, right, right. Working for KNAC, working for KNAC.com, which was the most beloved radio station amongst metalheads ever in California. They were the first ones that ever did that format, basically, in Los Angeles. But the fact was it had such a shitty FM signal. When we went back online again in 1997, you know, this was all something new. Web radio? People looking at me like, what's that? You know, web radio? That's, that's crazy. I can't hear that in my car. You know what? That's dumb. And it wasn't until they developed uh, apps like the TuneIn radio app where I said, you know, you could be in Europe or you could you could drive to Canada and listen to KNAC.com the whole way up there. You know, you could drive across the country or go anywhere you want and you can hear it through the phone or you can hook it up to your car stereo or whatever you want to do. And you can hear that and you don't have that crappy signal. You have no commercials, a completely digital signal, and you don't have the small playlist of 100 songs top you have 15,000. <laughs> and it's like, it, this is so much better. But to try to get somebody to change their habits, that's the hard part. You know? well, well, Jordan, it's been a great conversation. We could go on for hours. You got to come back and do it again. I'm sure we could, dude. And I really, you know what? I think you really touched a, touched a, uh, a nerve in my speaking because Man, I love talking about stuff like this. I was the guy that worked in the record store that would talk to you for an hour about why you need to buy this record, you know? Like Jack, you know, not as, not as nasty as Jack Black was in that movie. Uh, High Fidelity? High Fidelity. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I was still the guy in the record store because I worked at the record store for many years. And I was that guy that would spend an hour to you telling you why this record is so good and why you need this in your collection. So I think you pretty much have figured that out by just by speaking to me in the last hour or so. <laughs> well, I look forward to next time, even though you're a Mets fan. Yeah, let's do it again, dude. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll do it. We'll uh, Maybe we'll do it like, I don't know, maybe end of first quarter. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going sure. on with the, in the world of rock with, with 2021 and we'll kind of, you know. Oh, man, it, 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 to me, it's so exciting. You know, just looking forward. That's what it's all about. And that's what it's going to be for me. I mean, I, I'm constantly looking for I'm tired of looking behind me. I, I really want to look ahead. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. you know, if you want to hear more out of me, go check out uh, check out my podcast, which is Junk Man Radio. You can find it on SoundCloud. And then, um, you know, knac.com. Click on listen. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be doing a new show in uh, 2000. 21 focusing on uh, new music you know and that's then awesome. uh, if you want to read some of the other classic stuff that's going on too um i write for a great web- website called vintagerock.com and they cover everything from the 50s up until now of every 
style of quote unquote classic rock and beyond, you know? So, you know, there's avenues where you get, if you, if my opinion means anything to you, or you want to check out anything, man, you know, you can find me at those avenues right there. And of course on Facebook too, at uh, just man radio. So. Go check them out. Everybody. Once again. Yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, let me do that. Absolutely, man. It's Jordan West, the junk man. You can find him in all those places he just mentioned, and he will be back on the show to discuss New Rock in 2021, maybe end of first quarter, beginning of second quarter, kind of see what's going on. Hopefully we're close to normal at that point. Hopefully, you know, shows are getting and tours are getting, uh, you know, scheduled and released, and hopefully we're able to go see some live music. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Once again, everybody, Jordan West. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We will talk again soon. Thank you. I'm a soldier. I'm in the trenches, fighting every day to succeed. I can feel the blood rushing through my